Get ready to be dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to yet another episode of Dazed and Infused. I'm Latham Woodward, your host. And tonight we're going to be doing another show about frontline warriors in the cannabis industry. We've had uh, people in sales on and letting you know what that feeling is. Tonight we're talking to Nick Hosing of the Charcy Farm. And I'll let Nick introduce himself. Nick, welcome to the show. Hello, I'm Nicholas Hosing. I'm grateful to be speaking with you guys. I've been listening to some of the past podcasts and you guys got it going on. Right on, Nick. We're, tell the people at home where you are located, where your farm is located. We are, Charcy is located about 3,600 foot elevation in the Mendocino Mountains. We are unincorporated. Um, and it's right below the Humboldt County lines. We get incre- we have incredible weather here. Uh, it's extremely rural. I think our nearest stoplight is probably about 45 minutes away. Um, Lucky so it you. definitely has Lucky its ups you. and downs, but yeah, a great, great place, a great place. And it's, you know, good weather. Well, right on. Um, let's start at the show the way we start out every show. And that is Nick, what's your historical relationship to cannabis? And we go back as far as you want, man. I've been in the cannabis industry since about 2010. Um, after you know, I was young, I graduated high school right around that economic collapse. Um, not everybody experienced it, but my family experienced it pretty hard. And so I kind of worked a lot of jobs while going to college. I was working to become a firefighter. And Somehow I ended up in the cannabis industry operating under the Prop 215 model, helping collective source product. And so I gained a lot of extensive knowledge and product just going to so many farms and checking it out. Okay. And then as time progressed, I got involved with. Are you from Mendocino County? Um, I am not from Mendocino County. I'm from Central California. Okay. Um, And this, that's where I grew up. This brought me down to Southern California when I would initially, that's when I got in the industry, essentially bringing Northern California farmers product down to Southern California and making a lot of introductions. Got it. Got it. So um, the people at home, they know they go to the dispensary. They know they buy weed, but it's just like in a grocery store. You buy corn, you buy beautiful white corn in the summertime, and you're like, oh, this is great corn, five for a buck, sweet. They have no idea where it comes from. Why don't you tell the people listening what it's like to be up there, um, pretty much a hermit toward the end of the season, I'm sure, and working with Sean and getting the crop in and then getting it to market. I know it's um, it's very regimented, and I don't think a lot of people, people think it's a little more freewheeling, but I think Describe what it's like to be on the farm there. When I first got into this, our main goal was to grow the best cannabis we could. That was our goal. Um, We got into this because we were trying to provide something consistent for the consumer. When getting in here, we thought we would 
you know, move up to Northern California and which we've always had some roots in and establish a farm. And we thought it was going to be pretty relaxed too. And that has not been the case. This is an incredible amount of work. I have a lot of respect for everybody that can make it through this, especially we're, you know, we're being off grid. We're operating with a very small team. We can't really run with employees at the size we operate, which is a 10,000 square foot. It's the largest allowed in our County. Uh, so with that being said, the work, load is more than I have ever imagined. I do enjoy the process, developed a huge relationship with the earth, um, learned so, so much along this journey, but it's a consistent battle. It's like a dance with nature, if you will. You have your great days, great weather, and then that can lead into fire season right around harvest time, which is a struggle. And then we've got hit with snow last year when we were harvesting. So it's been an incredible journey, (laughs) you know, this whole time. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And people don't realize too, especially Southern California people, because there's not um, a lot of rain down here. I'm actually in Hollywood or West Hollywood right now, staying at the beautiful Rafferty Estate where Bill lets me broadcast from. And um, it is a farmer's dilemma. Some years up in the north, it's like harvest is about to come in and then all of a sudden it rains really badly. And this year we had the fires, which we'll get into in the next segment, but it's never predictable, is it? It's just really, you got to be on your toes. You absolutely have to be on your toes and everything that happens, you have to respond incredibly fast. So, you know, if you're raining, you have to, as soon as that rain stops, you have to be out there to try to make sure none of that rain sinks in and causes mold, for example, or you have to tie your plants back up. And if you wait, because maybe you want to go to the nice an area in SoCal with great weather, your plants are going to be broken by the time you get home and mold it. So it's just you have to react incredibly fast and wait for nature to make the next move. And your goal is just to make it to that harvest time, that end of that season every year. Right. So if 2020 with COVID and everything, has there been any interesting or different challenges for you? Um, I'm, I'm sure on the sales channel trying to get into buyers and things like that. But how about up there just in in your community? It sounds like you're very isolated anyway, so I don't really know how much this would impact you. Uh, we are very isolated, which is a benefit. We ironically got a letter from the state requesting we stay open and operate as we're an essential business. Sweet. Um, which we did, you know, with the farm, so we couldn't exactly stop. <laughs> um, and ironically, the demand for flour has gone up significantly. So we find that... I know COVID has affected the economy a lot, but in my knowledge, it seems to have really helped marijuana sales in the state. Yeah, I do think that the across the board, a lot of um, market segments within the cannabis space have been doing well. Pre-rolls are definitely one of them, low-cost pre-rolls, gummies, and the lower-cost alternatives. Um, But you guys don't specialize in that. You guys specialize in artisanal cannabis and um what's your rundown what do you what do you have for varietals this year what do you grow um we grow a consistent strain called bad girl it's a 2020 genetics you know shout out to them for making this genetics and it's essentially a strain an heirloom strain that's been passed around up here called the whip and that is crossed with girl scout cookies which is my favorite strain kind of what compelled me to start cultivating in the first place um that's going to be something we mostly do that stuff tests great. We're absolutely hitting 35% and our trim is testing at 22%. So the numbers on it are incredible. It's definitely beautiful. 
we do like to experiment with some other stuff just to see, you know, what the next thing is, but we really like to stick with the heirloom that way that does well in the area. And then, you know, we're grateful to have our favorite strain mixed in there a little bit. Um, but we do, we grew Slurricane for the exotic this year and we grew some strawberry OG and, you know, we keep it a mimosa crossed with the hair, with a Gorilla Glue and that's about it. We try to keep it limited so we can really focus on mastering the strain and what it needs throughout the season to produce the best flavor. Well, that's really cool. I mean, so you're sticking to, to kind of the terroir project kind of model where you're growing what grows well where you are. And, you know, that harkens back to like old wine growers and grape growers who grow what's best in that area. They don't grow other things. And um, I think I've tried one of yours before. Um, it's a while ago, though. But it was it was delicious and well cared for. And the, um, the amount of care you guys, you know, put into is really evident when I talk to Sean or anything else. It's just all about the plant. And that's really super, super important. I'm sure you have a your own love love hate relationship with the plant at this point. Of course, of course. Uh, you know, it's I absolutely love the work, but we're consistently every day I'm pushing, you know, anywhere from 14 to 18 hours of work time, which is, you know, tough. I have two kids and my wife. So definitely time is something that's difficult to manage on the farm. We also have 25 chickens, a couple turkeys, a for a few cats and some dogs. So I'm finding that my time is time is extremely valuable at this point, especially this late in the season. So here's another uh, farmer's conundrum. Do you get a break? I mean, after your harvest, your fall harvest, do you uh, just go into germination or whatever you're going to do for winter? Yeah, I mean, I, you guys do not do indoor, right? You do hoop houses, I would assume, in the winter. Um, yeah, so we get usually by the time Thanksgiving comes, we're getting a good amount of snow uh, in it. Then we'll have some good weather through December. And by February, we're snowing really hard. So we don't do a winter run, but that's oh. not to say the work doesn't stop in the season. Um, essentially mulching all the ground so we have no bare lands throughout winter. We seed everything so we can have some new grass growth in the spring. And like I said, we keep quite a few animals that help us with the fertility on the farm. So it, we would like as much as we would like to harvest October 1st and, you know, go to the Bahamas and till next season, that doesn't really work out that way. We definitely are able to divide our time, you know, to get out a little bit, but it's pretty much a, it's a full-time job, which I didn't expect that either. You know, you hear a harvest or the season being from April to October, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going to go into the first break. It's been really interesting so far. And I'm sure the people at home who've not heard about what being on a weed farm is like. Um, I'm going to have some more questions for you about this and what you think the future holds for artisanal weed, especially in your, I believe you now have a domain. I think I read that yesterday. So um, we will be back with Nicholas Hosting here from Charcy Farm and give us two minutes. Thanks. We'll be back to Crave Your Sweet Tooth with more Dazed and Infused right after this. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. 
Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots and close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. How sweet it is. Dazed and Infused is back only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Dazed and Infused. This is Latham Woodward here, your host once again. With Nick Hosting of Char C Farms, uh, when we left, we were talking about what it's like to be a farmer, and that's what this episode is all about. It's kind of like the front line of the cannabis industry. We're going to do this and a couple more of these just to kind of give a really good perspective on what goes on in the back room and the back fields of cannabis. Nick, welcome back. And we broke, and we are talking about the domain thing, or domain, which is the... Um, designation of certain growing areas, which um, a lot of people in your neighborhood and county and Lake County and Humboldt have been fighting for. I know you don't know a lot about it, but it was just announced. So it's actually kind of exciting. And I think it gives more credence and more, um, you know, really good um, legibility to what you do in the area you grow in. I was fascinated from the last segment to hear that, it snows a lot where you are. I had no idea it snowed where you were. I thought it was just really rainy. Yeah, last year we harvested. We ran some really late stuff last year because everything we personally like to grow doesn't end October 1st. We're actually harvesting into November. So we had a late year last year, and we ran all the way into Thanksgiving morning. We were cutting down with about Mm. maybe a few inches of snow. So it was definitely – Something I have never done before is work like that in the snow. That is pretty wild. That is pretty cool. Um, in your area, how many people are there like you? A small share, you know, farmers. Um, 
and are you guys in like a local combine, you know, like a um, agricultural society together or anything like that? Um, so in my county, I don't quote me on this, but I want to say there may be a little more than a thousand have signed up. And I hear rumors of there being 30,000 cultivators in the area. So the legal people that are choosing to go on the legal market are still not as many as we would all hope. Um, and I feel like the people that are moving forward definitely work together. My community is a very tight knit community and everybody definitely helps each other on the road, especially all the nearby farms. There's some really big famous people out here that are producing vegetables and cannabis and really on that front line of pushing this natural quality. And so I'm very grateful to be a part of them and associated with a good team out here. Well, that's really cool, especially for people who are listening to this or perhaps thinking about a new suburban or rural lifestyle. Um, it's neat that you're getting a community, a sense of community. Um, I would imagine that this is just my own knowledge. Is it getting a little dicey between, I don't want to get you in trouble here, between some illegal grows and what you do because you've taken this road to be legal? I mean, is that something you want to comment on even? Um, yeah, I definitely have some friends that operate on what they like to call the traditional market uh, place. And I wouldn't say there's like an animosity like media would like to explain. I am very proud to be licensed. Um, it's been a goal of mine for a very long time. So whenever I talk to them, I try to explain to them or convince them that it's a better way to go. But definitely different opinions. And I respect the opinions of others. And everybody has their own situation going on. But you know, to anybody listening, it's worth the transition because this, at the end of the day, this is the direction of, you know, I guess the cannabis economy. Yeah. So let's talk about a bad subject this year. And this is something you as a farmer, um, you have to deal with. And it's just another shit storm that comes your way, I'm sure on a daily basis, but this one was bad. And that was when you guys got evacuated for the fire. And I know that I talked to Sean. I think he was bailing uh, in the morning. And I don't, you, a week or longer, were you outside of the farm? Uh, yeah, so the fire, it was the August complex fire, which is now over a million, million acres, definitely the biggest fire in the history of California. It was about, I'd say 10 miles or less up the road of me when I got the call from my neighbor saying, hey, I'm not sure if you heard, but it's evacuation time. So wow. I have a you know, I have a wife and kids. So I quickly gather everyone up. I get everybody in the car. I just turn on all my water tanks to try and pump all the water I can, you know, just in case the fire got close. I didn't want to risk my family. So I got them down and I took them to some family in Southern California. And, you know, I went there, dropped them off, maybe took me two days, you know, I was down there and came back. So I was away from the farm for about four days and I had them stay down there while I drove back up and luckily the fire didn't hit us, but they had CHP blocking our road, had to prove I lived on the road and they had fired trucks at nearly every turnout. It was actually felt like I was pulling into a gloomy pit place, like a movie, you know, was, the sun was blocked out. Everything was very dark. Yeah. Um, plants did better than one would imagine, um, but they were covered in ash, which, took us a long time. You know, we had to get leaf blowers on there two times a day and hit it before any moisture came every night to try and get all the ash off and get the plants cleaned up and presentable. Yeah. Now, are you, are you, or were you worried about cat three or, you know, uh, R and D cat two testing and coming up dirty? 
after that occurred with all the ash? Um, I'm not. We definitely cleaned everything off. And what the smoke that hit us was from more of like an agriculture or grassland type fires. Um, ah. uh, some people lost cannabis farms. And of course, some people lost buildings. But it wasn't like I was in necessarily downtown LA where a lot of the smoke could be from asbestos or, you know, paint or plastic. So I don't feel like it would affect me bad. And mm-hmm. we did go through a rigorous plan to clean the product like using different bacterias that actually will eat up any contaminants and then cleaning that off with you know something that kills essentially with enzymes that kill the bacteria that way we wouldn't have any like high microbial counts but it was a pretty rigorous journey we went through and our evacuation just got lifted our warning got lifted last week so it's been you know we're kind of riding the line the whole time not sure which way the season was going to go is it still going um, it is still going. They have it contained. I think they're about 85 to 90% contained at this point. Um, wow. And it, I mean, it just, it terrorized so much of like Southern Humboldt and we're right there on that line. And Covalo, which is the site of Mendocino, it hit pretty hard. Uh, we're not too far from there. We all share a similar mountain range. Yeah, I know some guys in Covalo and uh i hadn't heard much but i never hear very much from kovalo <laughs> to be honest with you but shout out to the guys <laughs> <at> kovalo <laughs> you know who you are anyway uh, <laughs> they don't have anything anyway um so it, it is a norcal kind of way of life and um being a uh, farmer is interesting i mean it's um definitely a slower way of life but then it speeds up real real tight at the end there during harvest. So basically, are you pulling one or two a year, two crops a year? Uh, That's hard to answer. I, I pull several because essentially um, I get some auto flowers in which flower early. So that'll get me some stuff out of my greenhouse early in the season. And then when I harvest my plants, I just take what's right. And I think that is somewhat makes the flowers look a little better because you'll get the top. That's really nice. And we get purple flowers and all these beautiful colors. But underneath that might be green and small. So right. we'll take the top off and then we'll let those bottoms grow. And that might be one to two weeks we leave it on that plant. And then we'll do it again. And then wow. we'll do it again and again. So it's hard to answer that question on how many harvests. It's very continuous. It's a hurry up and wait game. Absolutely. Well, I've seen several varieties of last year's crop. And um, I was very impressed because my, I have a big peccadillo and that's me absolutely hating what 95% of the buds you see at uh, dispensaries are. None of them have sugar leaf on them. None of them have the form of traditional cannabis. They've all been stripped to their bare essence. And it just, it infuriates me. And I've actually said it many, many times on this show that it's really, it's kind of a crime in my opinion. Um, There's no beauty left in something that should be beautiful. I know that you guys care, but is this something of a passion for you? Uh, Yes. For everything you just described, I experienced in the industry. So that's what made me decide to cultivate. And we started doing indoor and we did pretty big indoor warehouse work. And once I was got outside and you have something in the soil that was grown with nature, the flavor doesn't even compare. The quality doesn't compare. The test levels are the same. So it's a funny, this outdoor-indoor confusion in the market when there should be just 
good quality weed and not as good quality weed. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I do. And I have to say, though, that down in uh, Southern California, I see a lot more, not as much in San Diego, but it, definitely in Santa Barbara, LA, and uh, the Valley. I get a lot of people are just like indoor is just rules, you know? And if, if you even suggest that somebody's from outdoor, they're like, ah, no way, man. It's like, well, you're not from NorCal, man. There's some great strains up there. So um, before we go to the third break um, or our second break, um, I want to ask you, which is your least favorite critter on the farm that comes in and munches your roots and things? Uh, I would have to say the boar. Those have been Ooh. my biggest enemy. Wow, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. You do have boar up there, don't you? <laughs> That's yes, brutal. Yes, last year they'll come in one night. They'll just they'll like bulldoze a ro- whole row of your plants. Doesn't they'll matter root, the size of them. They'll root everything up and eat all the the goody thing on the bottom, right? Yeah, they just essentially they're just looking for bugs, but they'll get their tusks and nose and lift the plant out of the ground completely, breaking any trellis. There's the plant's just done after they come through. Okay, so for all you city dwellers who are listening to this episode right now, that's one thing you gotta contend with in out in the bush in California is the wild boars. Well, we're gonna come back in our last segment here. We're gonna end it with Stony Stories, always a fan favorite on the show and ask uh, what the Charcy Farm is up to next. And we'll be right back with Nicholas Hosing. We'll be back to Crave Your Sweet Tooth with more Dazed and Infused right after this. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at what that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with the bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis. Consulted by the American Cannabis Company. How sweet it is. Dazed and Infused is back only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Welcome back to Days and Infused. We're back with a series on the frontline workers in the cannabis industry. And tonight we have Nick Hosing back. Nick, um, when we left, we were just talking about uh, Northern California, the difference between indoor and outdoor. Uh, what's your personal preference? What do you like to smoke if you smoke? Or do you do edibles? Or what do you, what do, you do? Uh, my preference, I like to smoke joints. That's that's kind of my the only way I medicate. Okay. And any varietal that's your favorite? Maybe doesn't have to be one you grow? Yeah, you know, I'm a to be honest, I'm a regular Girl Scout cookies fan. Like not necessarily like the exotic hype, like the wedding cake and the Mac and you know there's a continuous like cool stuff coming out the runs i'm just a fan of just regular girl scout cookies it's got an unmatched flavor for me and just the perfect the, that right high you know everybody has their thing that kind of gets me enjoying my day and kind of it gets me through it gives me enough energy to work and go hard not get too sore are you looking uh you do you get original genetics on that yes i have a there is Humboldt DNA, they are a great genetic company out of Humboldt and they carry all of the good stuff. So I definitely like to express some love to them. And then, like I said, that 2020 genetics, bad girl, I personally cultivate. That's probably one of my favorite and that's why I grow so much of it. Right on. Okay, well, that's a great answer. So Nick, let's move into Stony story and see if you've got something that you, the people at home can relate to in terms of their experience with cannabis and how cannabis can add a, that special je ne sais quoi or just a goofiness to your life. You got anything for the people at home? Yeah, absolutely. I probably, uh, when I went out and first met you personally, I stopped at a little Pete's coffee shop down there in Santa Rosa and, you know, rolled up a little joint and smoked it outside. And then I had drove over, you know, a little, little ways away and met with you and we talked about some stuff and you checked out quite a few of the flavors. I just went out and I couldn't find my keys anywhere. <laughs> there was a police van, you know, just parked up the road, just parked. And I felt like he was there for me because he must have known I smoked a couple hours before. Uh-oh. And I'm pretty sure I ended up finding my way back up in your office to grab my keys after about, you know, an hour of looking around. <laughs> that is a good stone. <laughs> Very typical, I might add. And a lot of these stories <laughs> have to do with keys. <laughs> um, are you thinking I'm about not any? Too sure why that is. Just... <laughs> are you guys thinking about any new genetics for next year? Anything new to bring into the fold? Um, yeah, every year I like to try something new. I definitely like to add in what is popular, I guess, on the market, just to give it tests, see what works well with our area. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to keep the amount of strains I go, I use every year, grow pretty low. You know, it's just, again, like I said, I like to capitalize and know what that strain wants. So I imagine we'll be doing some more cookies next year. We are doing the bad girl now. Um, we ran Slurricane, which is great. It was ready in 45 days, which for people that cultivate know that's extremely fast. That um, so fast. we're probably going to run some more of that next year. And we're, we like flavor, so I don't, cultivate anything that I don't really want to smoke. Nice. Well, that's a good philosophy. Now, here's a trick question for you. Is What advice would you give to the person listening to this show right now who wants to change their life and go out and, and become a grower? Is there any just sage things that come from your side that you can warn them about or just say, get ready for? Yeah, essentially, I, I it's very easy to underestimate the work. Um, 
and it's a very long-term operation. It's not like, Hey man, I can go grow a season. And I'm going to make a million bucks. It is a big commitment. And there's so many things that get need to be factored in. I would absolutely recommend everybody to follow through with their dream. I'm a big, you know, I believe in that significantly, but I also think that you shouldn't underestimate the work. I didn't expect to have chickens, which helped me fight pests. I didn't expect to have to get, you know, these different animals and bring in truckloads of manure. And I didn't even buy a tractor up here. So I'm moving 50 yards of manure twice a year out of wheelbarrows. So there's a big underestimation on my part. And I've essentially, my team has built this whole farm from nothing into the incredible thriving operation that it is today. Right. And you didn't expect to be wrestling boars either, did you? Absolutely not. And I've, there's <laughs> boars. I get deer caught in the garden. I've, I've had to pick deer up to carry them out of the garden and let them back into the wild. So I've just been through the craziest. <laughs> we had our well pump go out. And mind you, I grew up, you know, on actual water that comes from the faucet. And we, so we had our well pump go out. And that was a, I had to learn how to do a well pump because I'm so far out. No one would see me for three weeks. So oh, it's gosh. been all the things I could have gone through. I feel like I've been through. <laughs> Yep. Well, you've given us a great perspective. It, we may even visit with you again um, to kind of get an update on where Charcy Farm is going. And it's been really kind of a, a delight to have you tonight, Nick. And I appreciate your insight on being a, a cannabis farmer, a frontliner. And I think the people all around the, the country would love to hear your perspective. So thanks very much for being on the show tonight. Uh, thank you for having me, Latham. It's been a great time, and I'd be happy to be back anytime. Thank you. Well, this show is brought to you always by Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Available in singles, 20 packs, in both agave and sugar, and now the home baker bag. Eight ounces of delicious, unrefined sugar with 100 milligrams of THC, ready to add to any recipe. Also comes with a scoop, so you can individually dose if you care to do it that way. We do put up recipes online at www.shuggies.com. Nick, thanks again for being here, and we'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.